Welcome to Zichur Dafsi Manimam by Avram Goldar, and today we're Zechus Ksubis, Dafai, the end of the sixth parak, Matsiyas Isha, and the beginning of the seventh parak, Hamadir as Ishto. The Zichur Mesechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three types are going to focus on number one, it was stated in the mission in Gidon, Daf Nuntes Amad Aleph. Young children, which Rashi defines as children eight or nine, their purchases are valid purchases and their sales are valid sales with regard to metalty, movable property. Rashi explains that regarding land, their transactions are not valid until they have two sa'aros or reach the age of 20. Rafam said that they only taught this ruling, She'en Sham Apotropos, where there's no Apotropos to manage the estate, but when there is, their purchases are not valid purchases, and their sales are not valid sales. From where do I know this? From that which our Mishnah taught, E Masa Katana Klum, the act of a minor is nothing. Pointing to the opening mission, the seventh parak states, Hamadar is Ishtamalahanus Lo, Adshoshim Yom Yami Parnas. If one makes a netter prohibiting his wife to derive benefit from him for up to 30 days, which Rush explains is referring to receiving any support from him, he must appoint an agent to support. If the netter was for longer than 30 days, he must divorce and give her the ksuba. The more I said, since he's high to support her, how can he make a netter on her? Is it within his power to uproot her lean on him? After the first answer is rejected, the more explains that the case is when her husband said to her, Take your earnings in lieu of your food. Here, the husband no longer has a chiyav to support her. When the girl asks, why then is a shulech in here to support her if she has earnings? Rafa, she answers, The mission is referring to a case where she has enough earnings for her big items, such as food she needs, but not enough for the small items. The netter takes effect, but the shulech needs to provide her with the small items. The more brings additional approaches to answer this question. And pointing with you, the mission had stated, If the netter was up to 30 days, he should point a steward to support her. The more asks, Parnas loves Shulchusekavit? Is not the steward functioning as a husband's shulech? If so, how is this permissible? Rafuna said the Mishnah's case is Ba'omer Kohazan Enumabsid, where the husband says, Whoever supports my wife will not lose by it. Therefore, the steward is considered as if he's acting on his own. The more challenges us, given that in the case in Gidden, if a person was thrown into a pit and he said, Anyone who hears his voice should write a get for his wife, those who hear his voice should write and give her the get. This implies that they are considered his shalik, or else the get would not be valid. The Gemara answers that the two cases are not comparable. Over there, the husband commanded whoever heard him that they should write the get. Whereas here, did he tell the steward that he should support her? He just said that whoever supports her will not lose by it. This is not enough to consider the steward the husband's shaliach. So once again, the three points are number one. It was stated in the mission and given daf nun Young children, which Rashi defines as children eight or nine, their purchases are valid purchases and their sales are valid sales with regard to movable property. Rashi explains that regarding land, their transactions are not valid until they have two sa'aros or reach the age of 20. Rafam said that they only taught this ruling, She'en Sham Apotropos, where there's no Apotropos to manage the estate, but when there is, their purchases are not valid purchases, and their sales are not valid sales. From where do I know this? From that which our Mishnah taught, Ein Masa Katana Klum, the act of a minor is nothing. Point to the opening mission, the seventh parak states, Hamadir is Ishtam Alahanus Lo, Ad Shoshim Yom Yami Parnas. If one makes a netter prohibiting his wife to derive benefit from him for up to 30 days, which Rush explains is referring to receiving any support from him, he must appoint an agent to support if the netter was for longer than 30 days, he must divorce and give her the ksuba. The more I said, since he's hired to support her, how can he make a netter on her? Is it within his power to uproot her lean on him? After the first answer is rejected, the more explains that the case is when her husband said to her, 
Take your earnings and move your food. Here, the husband no longer has a chiyav to support her. When the Gemara asks, why then is a shlich in to support her if she has earnings? Rafashi answers, The mission is referring to a case where she has enough earnings for her big items, such as food she needs, but not enough for the small items. The netter takes effect, but the shlich needs to provide her with the small items. The Gemara brings additional approaches to answer this question. And pointing with you, the mission had stated, If the netter was up to 30 days, he should point a steward to support her. The Gemara asks, Parnas love is not the steward functioning as a husband's shaliach? If so, how is this permissible? Rafuna said the Mishnah's case is where the husband says, Whoever supports my wife will not lose by it. Therefore, the steward is considered as if he's acting on his own. The Lord challenges us, given that in the case in Giddon, if a person was thrown into a pit and he said, Anyone who hears his voice should write a get for his wife, those who hear his voice should write and give her the get. This implies that they are considered his shaliach, or else the get would not be valid. The Gemara answers that the two cases are not comparable. Over there, the husband commanded whoever heard him that they should write the get. Whereas here, did he tell the steward that he should support her? He just said that whoever supports her will not lose by it. This is not enough to consider the steward the husband's shaliach. All right, so now we go to our simadav ayin, and our standard simon is a one-eyed Martian. A one-eyed Martian. So here goes. The young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own overheard a man prohibit his wife to benefit from him for 30 days who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself and declare that whoever supports his wife will not lose by it. Once again, it's a motion. The young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows one-eyed Martian? That must mean we're on Duff Iron. So, the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own, which reminds us, it was stated in the mission in Gidden Duff Nun Tesla and Olive, Hapaotas, young children, which Rashi defines as children eight or nine, their purchases are valid purchases and their sales are valid sales with regard to metaltalin, movable property. Rashi explains that regarding land, their transactions are not valid until they have two sorrows or reach the age of 20. Rafram said they only taught this ruling, she ain't shama patropas, where there is no apotropas to manage the estate, but when there is, the purchases are not valid purchases and their sales are not valid sales. So, the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own, over and a man prohibit his wife to benefit from him for 30 days, who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the seventh parak states, If one makes a netter prohibiting his wife to derive benefit from him for up to 30 days, which Rashi explains is referring to receiving any support from him, he must appoint an agent to support her. The Gemara explains that the case is when the husband said to her, take your earnings in lieu of your food. Here the husband no longer has a chiv to support her. When the Gemara asks, why then is a shaliach needed to support her if she has earnings? Ravashi answers, the mission is referring to a case where she has enough earnings for her big items, such as the food she needs, but not enough for the small items. The netter takes effect, but the shaliach needs to provide her with the small items. So, the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own, over at a man prohibit his wife to derive benefit from him for 30 days, who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself, and declare that whoever supports his wife will not lose by it. Which reminds us, the mission had said, If the netter was up to 30 days, he should appoint a steward to support it. The Gemara asks, isn't the steward functioning as the husband's shaliach? If so, how is this permissible? Ravuna said the mission's case is Baomer Kohazan in Omapsid, where the husband says, Whoever supports my wife will not lose by it, so that the steward is not acting based on a command from the husband, unlike a case that was brought from Giddon. So once again, the young orphan boys who love to buy bags of one-eyed Martian marshmallows on their own overheard a man prohibit his wife to benefit from him for 30 days who didn't have enough earnings to buy the marshmallows herself 
and declare that whoever supports his wife will not lose by it. All right, now it's time for four blabach hazara. Daf samachvav. So the similar daf samachvav is a tailor in sewing. So here goes. The tailor tailor. That must mean we're on daf samachvav sewing. The tailor fitting a new suit on a man who paid for it with the two parts boches and magam he received from his wife's injury, which reminds us, Rabbi Yudim and Masera said regarding the boches and magam payments for a wife who is injured by another, when the injury is concealed, two parts of the payment are hers and one part of the payment goes to her husband. When the injury is exposed, two parts are his and one is hers. Rashi explains that a defect in the wife's appearance causes him embarrassment and also makes her repulsive in his eyes. Ravina asked Ravashi, if one humiliated a pauper from a wealthy family where the entire family suffers disgrace, would one have to pay restitution for boches to the entire family too? Ravashi answered there regarding the pauper from the wealthy family, he's not part of their bodies, but here the wife is legally considered his goof, his body. So the tailor fitting a new suit on a man who paid for it with the two parts boches and begum he received from his wife's injury told the customer to stop complaining that he had to commit to repay six denarim for the four his wife brought in. Which reminds us when a couple brings in cash with her dowry the chassan has to commit to repaying an increase of a half. But she explains that the reason for the increase is that cash is readily used for doing business and earning a profit. The Gemara explains why the Mishnah repeated this concept when she brings in a large amount or a small amount of cash. So the tailor fitting a new suit on a man who paid for it with the two parts boches and pagam he received from his wife's injury told the customer to stop complaining that he had to commit to repay six denarim for the four his wife brought in and pointed to the daughter of a former wealthy client outside collecting barley kernels among the donkeys belonging to an Arab, which reminds us of the story of Rabbi Yochum and Zakeh's encounter with the daughter of Nakdim and Ben-Gurion collecting barley kernels after her father had lost all his wealth, and Rabbi Yochum and Zakeh is weeping and saying, Ashrechem Yisrael, fortunate Yisrael, b'zman sh'osim ratzon sh'almakom enko umma v'lashon sh'latiz b'hem, when they do Hashem's ratzon, no nation or tongue can rule over them, but when they do not do Hashem's rats, and he gives them over to the hands of a lowly nation, and not into the hands of the lowly nation itself, but in the hands of the animals of a lowly nation. Daf Samach Zayin. So the similar Daf Samach Zayin is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The orphanage barbecue. Barbecue. That must mean more Daf Samach Zayin. Sizzling barbecue. The orphanage barbecue to raise funds to marry off Orphan girls, then orphan boys, which reminds us, it was taught in Abraisa, if an orphan boy and orphan girl come before the Gabbai Stakhi to be supported, we first provide for the orphan girl, because it's the way for a man to go around begging from door to door, but not the way for a woman. And if an orphan boy and orphan girl come individually for Stakhi to get married, we first marry off the girl, for the bush of a woman is greater than the bush of a man. We also learn about what we provide for a Yasim to help him get married. So the orphanage barbecue to raise funds to marry off orphan girls, then orphan boys, featured horse rides with a poor with people dressed as slaves running before them, which reminds us we learn from the Pasuk Asher Yachzor Lo, whatever is lacking to him, that even if an Ani from a wealthy family is lacking a horse to ride upon and an Evan to run before him, you must provide for him. They said about Hila Azakin that one time he couldn't find an Evan to run before the Ani, so he himself ran before him for three million. So the orphanage barbecue to raise funds to marry off orphan girls, then orphan boys, featured horse rides for the poor with people dressed as slaves running before them, and an inspirational show about a generous couple who chose to jump into an oven instead of embarrassing someone in public. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates the Misa of Marukva and his wife who ran away from an ani they were secretly supporting and how they jumped into a hot furnace to conceal their identities in order to save him from embarrassment. Dav Samaches, so the similar Dav Samaches is Chach. So here goes. When the wealthy schach dealer schach, that must be more daf samaches. When the wealthy schach dealer who would dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting 
died, which reminds us, Rabbi Lazar said, Bob will remind, come on and show gratitude to the swindlers who pretend to be anim to collect staka. For if not for them, we'd be sinning daily. Rashi explains that we would be sinning for ignoring the needs of the poor. But now that there are swindlers, we have an excuse for distrusting them. So when the wealthy schakti who dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting died, his family debated what he would have wanted to give his daughter as a dowry, which reminds us, we've been is how we determine what to give an orphan girl from her father's estate as a dowry. Does she get what her first sister got? Or do we consider changes in the father's financial status? Or do we try to assess what the father would have liked to give? So when the wealthy schach dealer who would dress up as an ani to collect from the unsuspecting died, his family debated what he would have wanted to give his daughter as a dowry. When all of a sudden someone revealed that at the time of his death, he said that his daughter should not be provided a dowry from his estate. Which reminds us, Rabuna said in the name of Rabbi, Parnasse Enekatanaiksuba, an orphan's right to a dowry is not the same as a right from the Tanaiksuba, such as a right to sustenance. The Gemara says that this is in line with what was taught in Abraisa, that if a father said at the time of his death that his daughter should not be sustained by his estate, we do not listen to him. But if he says his daughter should not be provided with a dowry from his estate, we listen to him because the right to a dowry is not the same as the right from the Tanaiksuba. Daf Samachtes, so the Simmer Daf Samachtes, the soot, and we use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The daughter of the deceased chimney sweep, chimney sweep, that must be more on Daf Samachtes, soot. The daughter of the deceased chimney sweep, who came to her brothers as a balas chov, to collect her one-tenth of land with the chimney, which reminds us, Ravashi holds bas balas chov havya. A daughter is only a balas chov with regard to collecting her one-tenth. Ravashi explains that this means that she can be forced to take the cash or a specific pot of land. The Gemara asks if the daughter is considered a balas chov of her father or of her brothers. The nafkamina is whether she can collect Benoni's land without a shvua or Zibor's land with a shvua. Well, she explains that if she's a balas chov of her father, then she would be required to swear to her the heirs that she's not already collected the debt and would only receive Zibor's. The Gemara brings a proof that she is a balas chov of her brothers and therefore she collects Benoni's without a shvua. So the daughter of the deceased chimney sweep who came to her brothers as a balas chov to collect her one-tenth with the chimney tried to have her trustee give her cash instead of a field because she trusted her husband, which reminds us that the Malchokas, when one deposits money with the trustee for his daughter in order to buy her a field for her nickname Malugar as a dowry, and she says, I trust my husband, which she explains means that she wants him to give him the money directly to her husband and he'll buy a field for her when she wants to. Do we say that the trustee must follow the father's instructions since mitzvah kaim dibre mace? It's a mitzvah to listen to the instructions of the deceased. Or do we listen to her since she could sell the field immediately anyway? So the daughter of the deceased chimney sweep who came to her brothers as a balas chov to collect her one-tenth of land with the chimney tried to have her trustee give her cash instead of a field because she trusted her husband until a rabbi balancing on a tall chimney shouted not to since mitzvah kaim dibre mace, which reminds us the Gemara relates that the great sage Ilfa, a contemporary of Rabbi Yochanan, went and balanced himself on the mass of a cell and said, If there's anyone who comes and tells me a brysa taught in the Academy of Rafi and Rabbosia, and I'm unable to derive it from a Mishnah, I will fall from this mass and drown in the sea. A certain man quoted a brysa, and Ilfa responded, Who's the ton of this brysa? It's Rabbi Meir, who says in our Mishnah, Mitzvah Kaim, Divrei Mace. It's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the deceased. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff you know that a dowry is not like the Tanaik Suba? For if the father says not to provide a dowry for his daughter, we listen to him. That's on Dav. Samaches. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we learn that Ilfa was able to identify the ton of Abraisa as Rabbi Meir, who holds Mitzvah Kayim Divrei Mace? That's on Dav.
samachtes. Good number three, which daf do we learn that miners can purchase and sell metaltoline unless they have an apotropus? That's on daf. Ayan. Good number four, which daf do we learn that we marry off orphan girls before we marry off orphan boys? That's on daf. Samach Zion. Good number five. Which daf do we have a malchokas? How to assess the dowry for an orphan girl from her father's estate? That's on daf. Samaches. Good number six. Which something when the Ravashi says the case where a husband prohibits his wife to benefit from him is where she has earnings for her mazonas, but not for the small extras. That's on daf. Ayan. Good number seven. Which something when the mice of Maruk and his wife jumping into a furnace to conceal their identity and save the Ani from embarrassment. That's on daf. Samach Zayin. Good number eight. Which something when a daughter is considered the Baal's Chova of her brothers and can collect from Beinunis land without a Shavua. That's on daf. Good number nine. Which daft do we have a malchokas if a trustee should listen to a daughter say, give my cash to my husband for I trust him? That's on daft. Good number ten. Which daft do we have that the partner supporting the wife for the 30 days is not acting on the husband's behalf because the husband said all who supports her won't lose out? That's on daft. I and excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Abram Golden Zichu. a great day and great learning.